Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by Pete Donaldson himself. Oh, Pete Donaldson. Hola, how are you doing? <laughs> I, I, I completely overwent the line. Overwent the line? You, you overstepped the line. Are you enthusiastic about Japan? Are you put the biggest your, enthusiast still? Put your hands away, God damn it! Yeah, no, I'm all right. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm still broadly pro-Japan. Uh, whenever it is I, I get back there and that was very much the question that a lot of people asked me uh, a couple of Saturdays ago but uh, well today I, uh, I, I discovered the Japanese are pro not travelling around the world what they're basically saying that they're not leaving Japan to travel oh, elsewhere some, somebody's read the news <laughs> did you read this as well yeah no, no I was I on didn't. Twitter and like <laughs> yeah it's the interesting story we were jumping into some news here that uh, hmm. apparently Jap- like Japan is their biggest population proportion who says they'll never never They'll, they'll never, they'll never do it again. They'll never, <laughs> they'll they'll never Neville. travel. They'll never, they'll never. I can't. I speak. Why can't I say never travel again? Never travel again. Never travel again. Yeah. Thirty-five percent of the population say they're never, but they'll. Ne- oh, <laughs> why can't you say I'm never? Leaving. I'm going you back to Japan. You just say Neville all the time. It's because look You're at that title. Neville. They'll never travel again. Say that. The percentage of who will never travel again. Oh, Japan are at the top of it. He said it uh, because the Japanese are old. Scared? Old? Well, it's Drunk? it's a massive gulf, right? Japan's number one. Thirty-five percent of the population say they won't travel again. Right? Won't they? They won't travel. Stop trying! To, <laughs> don't jump back into the pool. It's full of shit. And then the second country, South Korea. That's only fifteen percent of the population. Right. Okay. That's a it's big astonishing. old. It's a big old percentage, isn't it? A good old. This is for folks that won't ever do like leisure travel overseas. I think so. Right. Uh, that's pretty sad. I do think it's because a huge chunk of the population are sort of over 60, right? Yeah. It is, I think, 30% of the population is over 60. Mm. So that might be why. Mm. Maybe it's COVID. There's still a lot of fear around that in Japan. They still sort of, it's still like a year ago in Japan in the world of COVID or maybe even two years ago. But uh, yeah, I, I, they didn't really elaborate, uh, elaborate on why that was. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> I mean, he's fallen to bits. He's had a Kunda Bueno and a, 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 a big coffee. Uh, and as soon as that runs out, he's going to be in a lot of trouble. But it sounds like his fingernails are falling off right now. Um, I think it's I think it is really interesting because Japan's quite small, you know. And right. like, you you kind of understand when, like, the, the, it's. I think America's the highest uh, proportion of people who don't own a passport. Mm. Um, which you can kind of understand because there is so much variety in the scale and the, you know, microclimates of the United, the intercontinental United States. Well, there is really? kind of with Japan. Like, mm. honestly, when you go from Hokkaido to Okinawa, you, it's like travelling across three continents. Mm. I'd say Japan spans three different climates almost. Hokkaido's it's tiny. like... tiny. You're going to run out of places. It's bigger than these people. I think Japan's <laughs> small. If you look at America, yes, and yeah. go, oh, Japan's rubbish. Yeah. It's like the size of California. Rubbish. But, like, it is a big country, and it spans uh, a lot of space. And Hokkaido, you're talking, like, fucking Siberian weather. 
you fly down to get to Tokyo. It's kind of nice all year yeah. round, even the winters, it's kind of mild. And then you get to Okinawa and it's relatively warm most of the year. Mm. So I feel like oh, Japan feels a lot bigger than the UK. The UK is just consistently shit, right? <laughs> it's just one micro, it's one climate and the climate is crap. I don't know. I mean, down, got three. down south, it's um, a lot less rainy than up, up north, you would say. Manchester perhaps, in perhaps. particular gets it bad. But I think for the most part, the UK is just one, whereas Japan, it does feel like three countries in one. Mm. Um, and I think, yeah, domestically, there's a lot of cool stuff to see in Japan. But it is a shame. I do think uh, since the 80s, since the uh, economy has gone downhill in the 90s, the 2000s, you see sort of Japanese people are less willing to travel overseas. International students, for example, have gone down a lot over the years before yeah. COVID, right? Students in Japan were going less overseas. So, mm. yeah, I do worry Japan's sort of retreating from the world a bit. Well, in I mean, many speaking, speaking to, I can't remember, I was speaking to, uh, talking about like um, kids in in Japan uh, are obviously experiencing foreigners for the first time. There's a big generation of kids who. You say the word foreignness. So foreigner. Oh, experiencing foreigners. Foreigners is a word, isn't it? It is it, now. But if say you're like three three years old and you don't really sort of remember anything before that, and you and three years later, um, you're six and just a, an army of <laughs> army of Westerners just arrive um, in the middle of nowhere near your school or whatever. It's kind of like, it's quite, um, it must be quite interesting for them sort of seeing foreigners for the very first time. I feel like people didn't interact me, like with me in a way that I thought would happen when I got to the sort of remote corners of North Japan. What, you wanted people touching your hair going, oh, Sagoi. I mean, that happened when I was in China travelling around quite a lot. Um, but no, people in Japan, they sort of look a lot, but they look over and stuff. But unless you're in a bar and people are drunk, mm. they won't come necessarily talk to you right um, okay they, they were not overwhelmed with my foreignness as much as I thought <laughs> <laughs> as much as I thought they'd be but I don't know the only good thing is obviously the uh, the country's had a tourism boom up mm. from like 8 million people to 30 million and so I think with more foreigners coming into the country hopefully there'll be more interactions I know the jet program mm. is still doing well so mm. yeah I just hope Japan keeps those connections with the rest of the world and doesn't keep retreating inwards because when you're in Japan you do feel like you're in a world unto itself. Mm. It's a very inwardly looking country and mm. the rest of the world feels like it's through a barrier. Um, and I and I think that's a problem that Japan needs to confront. Mm. And we've kind of helped by bringing Natsuki to the UK and spreading the good word. And spreading <laughs> the Natsuki, sick. Yeah. Natsuki being sick in the streets of London and, Correct, yeah. and the Santa hats of London <laughs> as he was, as we mentioned in the last episode. For those of you that uh, haven't heard the last episode, go and check it out. Mm. I'm now back in the UK with Pete Donaldson. We've just done a uh, a huge event in London, the biggest and I think the first, the first and the biggest because it's the first, the first and, biggest, and only yeah. abroad in Japan event in London, and uh, it went very well. Five hundred people. Natsuki was only sick once. Yes, only sick once. Hey, properly anyway. I mean, it did come out like an absolute. Oh, okay. What a what we, a what a performance from the young man. We don't want to hear that. We don't want to hear that. <laughs> uh, but we're in the run up to Christmas, and it's time for my presents from Pete Donaldson. Pete, oh. what have you got? Uh, Where are my presents? This is uh, the last time I see you before Christmas, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, to be, I will say, I mean, yeah. I've not bought my parents or most of my partner's uh, presents. Your so. parents haven't travelled 8,000 miles to see you. I mean, you've travelled 8,000 miles to do an event. Eight, no, just to see you. <laughs> I'm sorry, Chris. I'm not very good at buying presents. I mean, we are a few days before Christmas, so... He's got. He's you know, like maybe, drinking dr- maybe, some sort of drug drink. It's not a drug drink. He hasn't I've brought me any drinks. I've got it from the pocket shop. You can have a kind of... Uh, a can of Carabao, if you want. Oh, Carabao what, sent us a lot. What the hell's that? It's it's Red Bull, but for um, uh, maniacs. Um, <laughs> this is called Trip CBD infused uh, lemon basil, lightly sparkling with fifteen milligrams of CBD. Wow! Um, I mean, 
anywhere else in the in the world, um, if you're from yeah. like uh, America, you probably sort of got oh CBD. I mean, that, I mean, I mean that that's a pretty decent um, return. There's no THC in our CBD. We don't have anything yeah, it's rubbish. psychoactive or psychotropic. Boring. Ours is very uh, very boring. I want a psychotropic podcast. <laughs> I- <laughs> <laughs> it's absolutely blacked out of our minds. It looks good. I, I, I see. I, I find CBD to be a load of nonsense. Mm. Um, I don't know if I talked about it before. Joey bought me some CBD gummies once. And right. CBD, you can get it in Japan widely. Mm. It's everywhere. So that's how you know it doesn't work. Cause <laughs> yeah, because you're allowed it. Japan yeah. wouldn't allow any form of drugs. Well, that, cigarettes and alcohol, fine. Well, for the for the longest time, like we went to a vape shop in Japan and it, none of the vape juice had um, nicotine in it. Really? So it had no tobacco uh, content, really. It just had, it, it, it was just like a flavor. Probably why Natsuki fa- doesn't do it. Yeah, exactly. It's absolutely wild. But when I was in LA, um, I bought some some Skittles that were infused with THC. Yes, okay, weed, yes. Marijuana, I heard cannabis, about this. Well, cannabis sweets. And, uh, did, we, you, did, you, did you refuse to eat them or didn't you refuse to eat any more? I I won and it had a mild effect, but not much. The I was thing a about bit let down. the thing about those kind of things is like you'll eat it and then you'll wait literally about ten hours and you're like it's not work, it's not work, it's not work, and then you will eat another one, and then it suddenly starts to work and you're like oh yeah. flip sick. I didn't want to go overboard with it. I, I thought about can I bring them to the UK? Then I realised no, no, that's really just can't. illegal. No, I think I think everyone who <laughs> who drunkenly, in my case, bought uh, a packet of um, you know kind of Haraboy kind of uh, weed gummies. Um, we all have this thought in our head. We sort of go, I could just pretend I forgot. It's like, did you bollocks, sir? You're coming with me, sunshine. I'm glad I didn't because there was sniffer dogs at LA airport. <laughs> and I was like, oh, and you have to, oh, it's really yeah. funny when you when you leave LA, you have to <laughs> they put people in a line. And you have to walk across this gauntlet, effectively, mm. about 20 yards or something, 20 oh, meters. Oh, dogs going back and forth. And there's yeah. these dogs just going... <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Surely and they're just going looking for Semtex and stuff. They were, they? Yeah, they're probably. Probably not yeah. fucking Skittles laced with cannabis. <laughs> um, but nobody got done, including no. me. Okay, cool. Uh, I didn't bring the sweets back. Them. I'm, not, I'm not illegal. I'm not a criminal, <laughs> no, sorry. True. Um, shame. Let's make... Let's make it legal here. Because literally everyone fucking does it anyway. I know. I, I know. came out of Heathrow Airport, I smelt like a barrel of marijuana and cannabis. It's like everyone does it, but for some reason it's not legal. Well, that <laughs> is a debate for another episode or a, a podcast that's better and more equipped for that. We've got a story this yeah. week from Connor from Atlanta. Pete's favourite place. Have you been to Atlanta? I have. Great stuff. What's, Martin Luther King's gaff. What's there apart from Coca Cola's global headquarters? Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, the film, the uh, the big start of the Walking Dead, that kind of big oh, um, yeah. motorway, um, and a lot of lovely bloody people. I'd love to go back to Atlanta yeah, someday. Atlanta, Walking Dead, Coca Cola, are nice yeah. people. Greetings, gents. I lived in Osaka back, and this is from Connor. Uh, I lived in Osaka back in 2018. I wanted to share an embarrassing and mysterious story. I just signed my year-long contract with Nova, the English language uh, company, uh. so I was feeling pretty good about having a full-time job. And he's put job in in quotation marks and a salary in quotation marks. I was pretty, <laughs> I was feeling good about my job and salary coming in, so I went out drinking Osaka alone. But as it's in Japan, I figured I had nothing to worry about. <laughs> so I set out to get absolutely obliterated on the streets of Amerikamura, which I found out later is the most dangerous neighbourhood <laughs> in all of Japan. No, it's not. No, Pete Donaldson and I have, have got drunk in the steps of Amerikamura. Literally America Town, right? Oh, is that where... The, it, it's, I thought that was a different place he was talking about, they were talking about. So No, no, Amerikamura okay, is like a little district where it's a sort of a... a, a, a a t- like a town square right. with lots of skateboarders yeah. a few tacky like apparel shops selling American clothing and a very very tacky 
uh, Statue of Liberty on a rooftop of a nearby building. Yes. A very small Statue of Liberty overlooking Very your... diminutive. Very uh, polite. It's not that dangerous, though. Mm. Um, last thing I remember, though, I stumbled into a bar and ordered a sucker shot out of a little Ooh. wood box. Next thing I know, I wake up outside of a love hotel at six in the morning. Good My wallet... value. Great value. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> My wallet's gone, but miraculously, I still have my phone and apparently two brain cells because I made the smart choice. Check my banking app. It turns out someone had spent $100 at a convenience store on my credit card, which means I'll never get that money back. Not only that, but I had to cancel all of my credit cards. I went to a police station to report the crime, and I'm not going to lie, this was a pretty low moment for me. I felt like a hopeless, broken degenerate alcoholic and I'm using this as a last ditch effort to get my wallet back as I'm writing up the report someone off the street comes inside and hands me back my driver's license they said they just found it on the street do you think the person in question was involved in the crime anyway and wanted to return my license out of generosity of their criminal heart (laughs) what a sentence maybe they have a shred of dignity and wanted to help a brother out. Or was it a random Nihonjin doing their civic duty and reporting lost items? Also, I posted this story in social media, and lots of people thought that I myself spent the $100 on beer and had simply lost my wallet. What are your guys' theories? Sincerely, Connor from Atlanta. I mean, <laughs> no, I definitely think you were you, you were spiked. But, um, I mean, I think it sounds like, uh, you know, $100 got away quite lightly, really, relatively. I mean, we had a story where some uh, a, a married couple on their honeymoon in Japan lost five thousand yeah. dollars and had to go into credit card debt. So, I think a hundred's like a a funny little lesson <laughs> as opposed to a yeah. crippling event. Uh, and you got a story out of it. You got on the Abroad Japan podcast, Con. It was worth it. Yeah, that and exchange that for money <laughs> tokens. Exchange that glory for money, and you know, you'd be laughing. But I've never heard of drink spiking in America, Mura or, or sake. It probably happens. Yeah, but all our drink spiking stories are Rapongi or Shinjuku mm. in Tokyo, right? Mm. So I'm erring towards the side of Connor just drank too much and made some. Oh, it sounds very much wallet. like they had. Uh, yeah, this very sounds very much like they 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 they, they got spiked. Fair enough. Well, <laughs> hopefully Connor, your next time is better. But best of luck to you, man. And, yeah. Uh, a merry merry Christmas. Yeah. From London to Atlanta. 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 And now, story of the week. What's going on in Japan this week, Pete Donaldson? What's going down? Well, I mean, we you, you say that um, Japan's an ageing uh, population, etc., and they, they don't want to leave. Well, the Japanese government are putting their money where their mouth is. <laughs> and they're giving people, uh, or where other people's uh, genitals are, I suppose, um, uh, they want to give people an extra 80,000 yen to have oh. some babies. Hey. The Ministry of Health, Labour and Welfare is hoping that the promise of some extra cash in the bank will encourage more people to add a baby to their family. Uh, currently, new parents in Japan receive a childbirth and childcare lump sum grant of uh, 420,000 yen upon the birth of their child. Now, Holy how much is shit. That? That's, 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 that seems substantial. That's like $3,800 or yeah. £3,200 or something. It's cracking on Wait, for half a million yen. Do we have that in the UK? No. Is it- you get you get oh. you get a starter pack of uh, Farley's rusks, maybe a bag of uh, <laughs> of, of of nappies, and, and you a kind of out the door and get out. Yeah. Wait, do, do we do have a, an allowance, some sort of benefit, welfare if you have kids, though, right? Yeah, you quid. get child benefit. Oh, right, yeah, just to, just to help out and stuff. But the health, labour, and welfare minister uh, Katsunobu Koto wants uh, Kato rather wants uh, to up that amount to an even half a million yen. <laughs> an even half. Can we just round it up an from four hundred twenty thousand? That man's policy there. 
That's all he cares yeah, about. I, mean, if, I don't like the number 420,000. Make yeah, it 500,000. I don't 000. think like three grand or whatever compared to, you know, four grand is really, you know, that extra grand. I mean, you've got 18 years of that, mate. Like, that's not worth that lump sum of a grand. I mean, it's just not worth it. I don't think it's going to work. No. I, I think, think having no. a kid costs a lot more than three to four thousand dollars in the first place. Yeah. Is that yeah. really gonna be the decider? Like have a kid, we'll give you four grand. Yeah, exactly. I, uh, but it's gonna cost you probably a hundred grand over the next five years. Yeah, exactly. I mean it, it may not even be all like, ex- effective an incentive anyway, because it may be the childbirth and childcare lump sum grant. Uh little any little or any of it is left over after the childbirth part. Uh, the grant is funded through the public medical insurance system. Child delivery expenses are paid out of pocket. So when you do have a baby, you hand a load of cash out anyway. Oh my God. So you've got to pay to actually deliver the baby anyway. And according to uh, my niece Shimbun, the national average for delivery costs is approximately, well, cracking on for half a million yen. So you're basically coming out just over even. <laughs> Well, you come out a baby. if they grant this, you'll come out with thirty thousand yen on top, uh, which is yeah, two hundred fifty dollars. Yeah, on top of what you've paid out. I didn't anyway. know it cost four thousand yeah. dollars to have a kid. To have oh. a kid, to have a baby. So you, you get the kid delivered. That's four grand. Then they give you four grand back, and maybe why if can't this... you insure that? Why is that? I didn't realize that was like just out of pocket. You just go in with your credit card and go get this baby out of me, please. <laughs> but it is is unfortunate. Like uh, yeah, Japanese society. It's it's got a problem. They do need to find better ways of increasing the birth rate. Yeah, because um, it's not good. And the population. We we did a, a quiz mm. at the Abroad Japan event last week, and uh, one of the questions was, "What is the population of Japan?" And we had mm. four answers. One was like seventy million and eighty, and the the answer was one hundred twenty five million. Right. But it's crazy. When I arrived in Japan, it was I think it was one hundred twenty eight, one hundred twenty nine million, mm. and they were on the cusp of one hundred thirty. So it's already gone down five million. Mm. And it's just like, what's it going to be? The projections are astonishing. By the end of the century, Japan's got a population under 100 million. Uh, I think more than I think it was going to be like 70 million. I think it was going to go around 2030 or 2040 or something. It's going to dip below 100 million. It's a small country, though, as I said earlier. (laughs) (laughs) Pete Donaldson will go and probably do the room, repopulate the country himself. (laughs) But seriously, it's uh, it's a problem. It's a problem Japan needs to counter, and I feel like hugely. This is just a trivial thing that they're they're, 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 it's not going to have a real impact. They need to structurally rearrange the country better, (laughs) just a little bit, or just let in Pete Donaldson. (laughs) Just get your priorities right. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment, guys, with your stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. Now we're back with the fax machine. What have we got from our listeners this week, Mr. Dolson? Oh, Simon from Switzerland's been on the blower slash fax machine slash email box. Uh, hello, Chris and Pete. My name is uh, Simon, and I'm going to visit uh, Japan for the first time next year in June. Hey. How would you do a three-week linear trip? A three-week As opposed to jazz, jazz picking places to go. <laughs> All I, over the gaff. I don't know, really. I'd probably go like three weeks... For three weeks, you can have a proper good time in Japan, right? Mm. Yeah. We did an episode. Just, you, you get over the jet lag, you kind of rent yeah. the door. It's lovely stuff. You spend like three days in Tokyo. Then if you've got three weeks, you can do the length and breadth of the country. Mm. I would do something exciting. <laughs> something exciting. Something dramatic. Exciting, something right. wonderful. As I watch Pete take a swig of his CBD lace <sighs> drink and fall asleep. Mm. I'd go Tokyo, Hokkaido. And I'd, like you could probably go, yeah, Tokyo, then fly the way north to Hokkaido, and then just do the whole length of the country. What down to Fukuoka and then out? Yeah, or, yeah, maybe. Or I mean, it, yeah, because you could fly from, or maybe, maybe I'd go the other way actually, because you can fly from Fukuoka to Hokkaido really easily. Yes. Okay. So go down, 
do the whole country from Tokyo down. Yeah, sort of imagine Japan's a circle. Yeah. Right? Okay. So you go Tokyo and you go uh, Takayama in the mountains <laughs> right. yeah, of okay, central nice. Japan. Okay. Over to Kyoto for a cheeky bit of tempura. Mm-hmm. Into Osaka for some uh, some takoyaki. Over to Hiroshima for some okonomiyaki. Yeah. Down to Fukuoka for some ramen. And then maybe Nagasaki for some nuclear war history. Yeah. And then back up to Fukuoka <laughs> or just stay in Nagasaki and get a plane to Hokkaido. Have some crabs. Walk around Sapporo and go, whoa, sugoi. And then go to Hakodate for the nice night view over the city. And then Hakodate back to Tokyo by bullet train or plane. There's your plan. I hope you, you wrote that down. I'll skip backwards and then and then wrote it down at a second attempt. Uh, Aldrin uh, Matai from uh, India. Hello, Aldrin. Uh, hi, Chris and Pete. Uh, which is your favourite season of the year? That's it. Love the podcast. Keep it up. What is your favourite season of the year? Chris, is it uh, when it gets really, really <laughs> hot in August? Well, Aldrin, Japan has four seasons. You might not know that. Okay, yeah. Four seasons. Did you know that, Pete? Japan's got four seasons. He's got four seasons. Have you never heard that? What do you mean? No, what? In Japan, they love saying Japan has four seasons. Oh, because it's so rare in some places, no? No, it's just the thing. They love it. Because in Japan, they they love the sort of transition of the seasons. And to be fair, they are quite well punctuated seasons. Yeah. But there's this perception that only Japan has four seasons. Oh, so they keep on going on about the four seasons. They keep going on about it. It's like, look, mate. In the UK, we've, all, we've, we've got, got four seasons. They're all shit seasons. <laughs> but we've got four seasons. So yeah. it rains throughout the year, but there are four seasons nonetheless. Yeah, correct. My favourite season, though, without a shadow of a doubt, is autumn. Mm. It's long. It's wonderful. It's <laughs> sexy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> it's just a really nice climate, and it mm. lasts a long time. It goes on for like two months, whereas right. spring is literally four days at the end of April, <laughs> it goes from, oh, it's very cold, to, oh, it's got too hot now. Ah. Yeah, yeah, don't Whereas like it. autumn's a nice season. It goes from sort of end of September to mid-November. And the leaves are beautiful and uh, easily my favourite. Winter's really good for a few weeks and then you just don't want to see snow ever again. No. Completely and it wears right. off. And summer, it's just awful. Well, we, we've had like a good, awful. we've had a good week of like pretty rotten, very, very, very cold weather. I mean, we're getting up to like minus eighteen, minus seventeen. In, you in are the UK, so which is, British, which is very rare. But um, you kids and your weather. But today's just got really warm. Stop being British. Warm, warm weather well, coming in from the Atlantic. Weather, weather. Oh, I hate people to talk about the weather. You'll be oh, here for like you. three weeks, and you'll go back, and you'll be like just talking <laughs> about the weather because that's all we talk about. Indeed. Well, we've got one here from Sky from Cambridgeshire, which mm-hmm. is the coolest name. Why yep. am I called Sky? Hello, crazy Chris and procrastinating Pete. He mm-hmm. does procrastinate. It's because he drinks too much CBD drinks. <laughs> I'm interested in buying a kimono. However, I'm afraid it may be insensitive. If I did so as a foreigner, should I be looking into the culture behind kimonos and why they are worn before thinking about buying one? Or should I just not buy one at all out of respect for traditional symbolism? Many thanks, Sky from Cambridgeshire. <laughs> yeah, I remember there was that debate a few years ago where everyone, that some people were angry that foreigners wore a kimono. I did, Japanese people love it when people wear a kimono. Just like a nice coat. But in Japanese culture, kimonos demand a lot of respect, often because they cost an awful lot of money. I know someone that had a kimono that was like $20,000. But the cheap ones that you're... Um, but the cheap ones that you're... Um, that, that you see people buy, they're probably not quite as respected. Well, I think as long as you show it respect. Free ones in the hotel. I like those ones. I've only worn a kimono. <laughs> well, they're not kimonos. They're... Um, Yukata's, you might be thinking. Oh, Yukata's okay, kind of the right, one you okay. wear at like a your car, which is yes, like a, okay. it, it looks like a kimono, but it's phenomenally cheap. <laughs> um, but kimonos, yeah, kimonos are used for special events in Japan, like mm. the sort of festivals or orbom, end of year festivals and whatnot. Um, just show it respect. Don't show like go, don't go to fucking McDonald's in a kimono. Don't get like ketchup all down it. <laughs> 
Just, just show yeah. respect. Like I, I remember there was a debate when Kim Kardashian was going to call her brand of leggings. Do you remember she had some weird underwear yeah, leggings, yeah. and she wanted to call it kimono. Yeah, because she yeah, got back Kim. Right, I get it. I felt like I could see why people got pissed about that. Mm. I don't know if, if that's cultural appropriation or whatever. For me, I just thought that just seems tacky. Yeah, because loads of people are going to grow up with someone like Kim Kardashian, who has incredible influence. A lot of People grow up thinking, oh, kimono, that's just Kim Kardashian's brand. Mm, and it was the wrong name. Yeah. And a lot of Japanese women were like, oh, that's not, like, that's not good to no, call it that. That's, that's... That, that is the very, uh, that is cultural appropriation. You know, there, there's no argument about that. You're it, making money off someone else. Just being else's. a dickhead. Let's call it what it is. And <laughs> yeah. so I, I was like angry about that. And I sort of had a go at her in the shop when I met her in Tesco. <laughs> now, I, 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 you know, I, I was part of the angry kind of side on that. Other than that, though, I do get. I, I saw some comments. Uh, I saw a friend wear a kimono once and post a photo. I think he was mm. in uh, Kyoto or Asakusa. Right. A friend, a couple, and then I saw some comments like, "Don't wear it. You don't deserve to wear it." And like, what the fuck are you on about? <laughs> it wasn't like the person saying that was even Japanese. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's like, what are you on about? The Japanese people <laughs> love it. They're like, "Wow, you look great in a kimono." So don't worry about it. You don't, don't worry about it. it. Just show it respect. Don't mm. don't don't get ketchup down it. <laughs> I'm not speaking from experience. No. Did you get ketchup? It sounds like you got ketchup down a kimono. I got mint sauce down a wedding dress once. Uh, I presume worse. you weren't wearing the wedding dress. No. <laughs> is that she when you Australian? Is that, is that when you're giving out um, when you're working at the Leeds Castle? Ah, uh, yes. There we go. I there's a there's a a bride in a dress and. Uh, I had to give the mint sauce, which is a bright green sauce, a vinaigrette mm. that goes it's with a dark green sauce. If it was yeah. bright green, you might come out easier. And they made me f- fucking put it on her plate, but she sort of took it weirdly from me. I sort of had to hold it before her, and she had to use the spoon herself. Probably nervous because she's, um, you know, it's her wedding day and all that. Well, yeah, but I, I, she was like, "Oh no, mate, you do it." So I did it, and yeah, I was a dickhead. Take that. I held the the cup of the saucer of mint sauce above. <laughs> got the spoon and rather than having the saucer beneath the spoon as I moved it to her plate yeah. I just had the spoon come out of the of the plate <laughs> and I sort of carried what it over to and it's, it just went everywhere yeah. and there was just every oh god leave, it was awful leave them alone the brides that's why I left that job you were now mint the bride well, I heard like four people go, oh fucking hell mate we come fucking from hell, Melbourne mate. we come, come from in, Melbourne for this come in fucking mint sauce what have you done to my wife's dress fucking fry, flaming galore <laughs> those poor Australian folks yep. Dear idea. <laughs> Keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to Japan Podcast at gmail.com. We'll be back later in the week to do it over again for our last show before Christmas. Oi, oi. But for now, guys, have yourself a great run up to the Christmas season, and we'll see you later in the week to do it over again right back here on the Abroad Japan Podcast. Bye for now. make decisions for your company you look for the no-brainers and if you have a lot of mailing to do stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.